Good evening. This is Justin Ford in the studio for Africa Christian Action Salt and Light on Radio Tigerberg. Tonight we are discussing homelessness. Dr. Hammond, how did we come to be dealing with this topic? Well, making your way around Cape Town, you cannot help but notice the explosion of vagrants, squatters and homelessness on our streets. Makeshift tents, even shacks can be spotted at historical landmarks like the castle, alongside highways, under bridges, people even starting fires under bridges right close to pillars which are going to be weakened and could even shatter at some stage, causing some major uh, problem. You can just imagine the pillar collapses of a, a overflight bridge. And uh, you've got so much homelessness all over at busy intersections. Almost every day there is somebody holding a cardboard sign pleading for food. It's, um, it's all around us. We can't ignore it. There must be a solution. Yeah, it seems to be an extremely serious problem in South Africa, Dr. Hammond. Can you give us a bit, a few more details? Yes, well, of course, some people try to blame South Africa and, and apartheid, but this is a phenomenon you see everywhere around the world. It's in San Francisco, it's in Los Angeles, much worse than we have, by the way. Uh, it's in Rio de Janeiro, um, Sao Paulo. I've seen this in Lusaka and, and uh, Cairo, uh, Nairobi. Every capital in Africa has got massive homelessness problems. This is not just a problem for Cape Town, but it is here and it's around us and we must deal with it. And there are solutions, and I can think of practical solutions. It's quite extraordinary when you look. According to um, Human Sciences Resource Center, in 2015, we had approximately 200,000 homeless street people in South Africa out of a population of 53 million. And it's estimated that the numbers trebled since the lockdown lunacy of 2020 which destroyed so much of the economy. More people lost homes, lost jobs, lost income. And uh, the lockdown was a catastrophe economically and uh, destroyed so much of the economy. It has resulted in a much higher prevalence of street people. And while there's a much higher prevalence of men on the street, um, in the shack population and informal settlements is a larger female population. But in terms of people who don't even have a shack but are living on the streets of Cape Town, most of them would be males, at least three, three quarters. Um, you don't tend to find families on the streets as much as individual males, females, or even children. And there are uh, a much higher proportion of homelessness in cities than in the rural populations. And the rural populations are in many cases moving to cities in the hopes of more jobs. There's meant to be more jobs in the cities, but we've got massive unemployment in the cities, largely as a result of affirmative action policies and uh, Bad economic policies plus the lockdown really was an own goal in how to destroy our economy. Homelessness is a tremendous crisis, and some people, such as the impact of Cape Town street people on policy, um, that report said high unemployment and lack of housing and economic stagnation has caused a lot of uh, the homelessness that we've seen. Um, now, Cape Town enacted a street people policy in 2013, with a goal to reintegrate the street people, but this policy seems to have been a failure because it has not adequately dealt with the problem, and it, if anything, the situation's got much worse since so. Uh, plainly, Cape Town needs to have a different strategy to deal with homelessness, and I do believe we've got an obvious practical solution staring us in the face which has not been attempted yet, but which we'll get to before the end of this program. Um... What is meant by the term street people and homelessness? Can you just define those terms? Yes, so homelessness normally means people who don't have a house, but um, some homeless people may have no shelter at all. Others may have access only to a temporary roof or to an informal shack. 
that's not safe or secure. So homelessness can refer to people living in a shack which has some cover and some protection, but it isn't a permanent structure. Where street people may be people who temporarily or even permanently living on the streets. Some may have lived on the streets for years. Um, Cape Town, we often speak about burgies, meaning people lived on the mountain. Um, street people can also be those who have no access to any home at all, and they literally sleep on the street sidewalks without any uh, cover and without any permanent possessions, really. And people on the streets are normally street children or single adults, never families. Um, although you can have families and shacks and squatter camps, but the street people tend to be individuals who alienate it from their family and um, are particularly in the urban areas. A street child is a person who, because of abuse or neglect or poverty uh, or upheaval of the community, has left their home or family or community and lives, begs and works on the streets. And uh, in many cases, you may have some who actually return to home at night, but they've been turfed out during the day to go and beg on the streets. So some street people may actually have a home to return to. But uh, street people are those who use the outdoors as their place of abode for a lengthy period of time. And uh, there is a whole series of definitions in the law, Criminal Proceeds Act, differentiating between a child, a youth, and an adult. Um, but, uh, you know, many of us may look at someone who's just under 16 called a child, but the law will distinguish between a child, a youth, and an adult. What What is um, causing homelessness? What What are some of the factors that... There's quite it? a lot of factors. There's tremendous housing shortages, there's tremendous unemployment, and there's rapid urbanization. All of that causes the problems. People are moving from rural areas, many times first-stage urbanization, moving from, for example, Eastern Cape into the city because they believe Cape Town's a city of opportunity and jobs and all kinds of good things. But um, in many cases, they're moving from a nice situation in a rural part of, say, Transkei into an ugly, horrible, crime-infested, disease-ridden uh, squatter camp in Cape Town uh, where they get into a life of crime and drugs. So many times this attraction of the city is not, um, in fact, working out that way. Just think of if you've read um, Oliver Twist and you've got a bit of an idea how England was when it was facing similar rapid urbanization and street children being caught up or even recruited uh, by Shylock types who then bring them into crime and in gangs for either theft or other kinds of vice. And um, plainly, we've got rapid urbanization um, and tremendous housing shortage and unemployment um, with the economy being down. And so when housing is unavailable, unaffordable or inaccessible to the people who need it, maybe they've got the wrong color. And according to the affirmative action right now, preference has been given to uh, people who say in, in the Cape who are black and therefore uh, the local colored people who might have lived here their whole lives are denied the chance to get a house or employment because they're too light-skinned. They need uh, The jobs must be given to black people because there's a small percentage of colored people allowed to get jobs in the Western Cape and the rest are discriminated against in accordance with BBBEE or Broad-Based Black Economic uh, Empowerment, uh, which is just a cover for tremendous corruption, but it's caused huge dislocation for colored communities where the people are legally discriminated against uh, for getting houses or jobs and preferences given to even foreigners who've just come into the country recently, but because they are uh, darker and therefore you've got race-based uh, quotas, which is causing a lot of the problems. Uh, officially, according to Statistics South Africa, 
13% of the South African population lives in informal dwellings, meaning uh, squatter camps or shanty towns or um, shacks, basically, without um, set electricity or plumbing. And uh, many people in the rural areas find it hard to get them employment in the rural areas and so they're moving to cities hoping for employment but in the metropolitan areas in South Africa officially according to statistics South Africa unemployment in the cities is between 16 and 33 percent I would say that's way underestimated it's much higher than that some place it looks like more than half the population is unemployed now those are some structural causes personal causes for people being involved in, in homelessness could be abuse and domestic violence there could be family problems. People might have been evicted. There might be economic difficulties at home. Some might have been kicked out of their home because the family can't cope with them and you've got to go and beg in the streets or steal or whatever. Some cases, it's a desire for independence or better life. <laughs> better life, in inverted commas. Let's go to the city and live in a squatter camp slum or join a street gang and uh, that's meant to be a better life and independence. So instead of being under your family or parents, you know. Uh, working for some pimp or some drug dealer or gangster in the township. So that's, that's hardly an improvement. But many people see it as, uh, subs as uh, a way of getting independence. But there's also mental illness and substance abuse. Without a doubt, is a huge factor. Many of the people on the streets have a mental illness or are drug addicts. We've got to know quite a few people that we're trying to help and give food to. And it's impossible to give some of them jobs because some of them are genuinely mentally ill and uh, are almost unemployable. So there's many people who are drug addicts too. I've picked up folks on the streets to try and help them, taking them to a mission outside of town. And one man who still comes to our gate quite often, I picked him up in the streets Claremont years ago doing an outreach and drove him out to a mission that we know outside of town who were willing to give him a chance. And he said almost immediately that he wanted to go back to town. He said, I like my sin too much. I'm not willing to be without drugs and drink. And so literally, he didn't like the rules of the mission, which reasonably, like most, no drugs, no drink. So he wanted to come back and live on the streets rather than um, have a chance for warm bed, warm food, uh, clothes and decent job and, and mattress and decent bedding at night. And there are people who turn down help just because they're addicted to drugs. I know a man on a street corner very close to us. He's dead now, but he was a mainlining drug addict. He was literally drilling into his as they call it, drilling, uh, mainlining heroin, and so uh, into his uh, arm. And so there was a church nearby that would get him regularly on Saturday night, give him a shower, give him a place to stay, bring him into the church. But Monday he'd be back on the streets begging because he preferred that to uh, the responsibility. So the problem here is not just structural, although that's a major part of it. There's also personal reasons, and there's people who actually... It's hard for us to imagine, but some people actually choose to live on the streets. It gives them an independence that they like, or they, they like the idea that they beg for a while, and then they're able to go on a high, get drunk, uh, or get hyped up with drugs, and then, okay, later on they come down, and they've got to get out and beg some more. But for some people, in India you've got the professional begging classes who do this. They beg for enough time that they can then go on a binge of drugs or alcohol abuse, and then they will go out and beg again. And so there's not much of a solution for them unless they get converted and change their heart and mind. What about um, apartheid, which ended about three decades ago? Um, is the legacy thereof a cause of our current homelessness problem? Well, I don't think so because I've seen worse homelessness in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Nairobi, and Osaka. So no, uh, 
for that matter, Harari, uh, all over the world you can see it. This isn't just a problem in Africa. It's certainly not just a problem in South Africa. And many countries that never had apartheid have got exactly the same problem. So I think that's a bit of a um, false narrative if people want to just happily blame the previous administration when we didn't have such a problem then. You didn't see people uh, squatting outside the castle and uh, on every public place and on the sides of roads and bridges at that stage. So to blame the people where it didn't happen uh, for the problems now is a bit bizarre. It's like blaming the power failures of today on the administration that never had power failures. And uh, no, I, I, I think that's very short-sighted and it's it's obviously just somebody who's got a political narrative trying to politicize something which is a plain failure um, of the city council to deal creatively and responsibly with the problem. There is a solution. What Before we get to that, what challenges do the people without a home face? Well, just think of what you benefit from from a home. Regular electricity, shelter uh, from the rain, and you get a um, chance to have plumbing and uh, you can wash and clean and cook easily. So uh, people in the streets have all those challenges. And those of us who've camped uh, during hiking and camping, we're more aware of what it's like when you don't actually have a shelter and you've got to you know, dig your own pits, you've got to um, make collect firewood, you've got to make your own fires. Everything is much more of a job. So when you don't have time-saving, convenient things like uh, a tap with water flowing from it and uh, flush toilets when you don't have showers and uh, a kitchen, a bed, um, doors, you lack security. So people on the streets lack all those things that we take for granted and uh, they're vulnerable. And so the challenges a person on the street faces is Violence, of course, anyone can attack them anytime. Some people are sexually abused. Um, they have access. They don't have access to safety or sanitation. Uh, there's no cupboards where they can quickly open and get some food. They can't just boil a kettle. So you can imagine there's enormous amount of practical problems. You can get water easily. Where do the people living on the streets get water? Well, some places have taps that you can access. Uh, sometimes they're going to the pond or the river or the canal um, or in company gardens, they might literally be going to the fountains or the ponds and sharing the water with the ducks or whatever it is. And so uh, just a basic thing like where do you get a drink of water from? Um, you can imagine for a person living on the streets, it is life is one big struggle for everything. And how, and then for the the, the rate-paying residents of, of society, how does, how does street people impact on them? Well, indeed, you wonder why are people paying rates and taxes if somebody else can get um, the ability to live in the same area without paying a thing? And uh, why should we be paying a city council so much for rates and taxes when there are people who are freeloading, uh, lowering the cost of your area, the value of your property, and undermining your business if you're trying to sell uh, services or goods from your property and now there's other people squatting right outside that can chase away customers that can undermine your business. Uh, many people are seriously upset. And then you get um, street people who swear and scream and make noise and uh, urinate against the side of your building and um, leave a mess outside your gates. And they can harass people and might even um, assault your children. So all of these things are real factors. And there's a genuine concern for people. That's why we've always had laws against vagrancy, illegal occupation, squatting, and um, just generally speaking, loitering is a crime in most cities. And you should not be allowed to just hang around and harass people and swear at people and harass children and, and in some cases rob them. 
So some of the street behavior is goes along with crime. Many of them are actually petty thieves, uh, pickpockets, and uh, and sometimes violent as well. They've had the case in America of violent street people assaulting people, and um, one man in America who restrained a street person who was violently attacking people on a subway. Um, this uh, homeless person died, obviously unintentionally, but this this man's now found himself in jail and facing serious crimes for manslaughter for trying to protect people on a subway uh, from a, a violent homeless man who had a record of attacking people. And, and now uh, the good Samaritan who tried to protect his fellow travelers is the one in jail. And that's the kind of nonsense going on in uh, New York where the DA uh, turns felonies into misdemeanors and a misdemeanor into a felony. So there's a real twisted uh, failure of, of justice in many places, which has led to this, where people feel they've got to become vigilantes and take the law into their hands, which have no trust anymore in the uh, traditional criminal justice system. Does it look like our government is trying to do anything to address this problem? Not much at all. In fact, um, the government policy... Uh, seems to be specifically to protect the homeless, but it doesn't help the homeless because they seem to want more street people. They seem to want uh, to have this mess on the on the sidewalks and chaos. It seems to also suit the Agenda 21 <coughs> to bring more people in from the rural areas and overcrowd the cities. Somehow or another, it suits some of the globalists to have these social problems and keep people more dependent on government. Um, it seems they prefer a homeless person whose vote they can count on uh, to a hardworking person who's self-disciplined and self-supporting and who pays their taxes. They they seem to like these people that they can predictably control with offering freebies to. And so this is highly irresponsible. It's no solution for a society when you're encouraging, you try to encourage irresponsibility and lawlessness and you're trying to penalize people who are productive hardworking and diligent. And what are city municipalities' um, attitude towards homelessness? Well, not much, it seems, but in Cape Town in particular, it seems to be to assist the homeless and to provide them with free things, but that doesn't help in the long term because what you then get is more uh, homelessness people pouring in. When you subsidize something, you get more of it. And so uh, in Cape Town in particular, it seems that we've created an area where more homeless people feel comfortable to come into the Cape from other provinces in the country and overburden our services because our city council is more efficient in helping the homeless uh, in our area. But it's not a long-term solution at all. It's a bit of economic suicide, to be honest. Have uh, w What government policies have had an impact on people who live on the street? Well, um, they've had some, some bad impacts because basically when you provide free things and you don't uh, allow the local uh, city council to remove them, and uh, as we've seen, people putting up almost permanent squatter camp things around the castle in the centre of Cape Town. The central business district of Cape Town is absolutely deluged with shacks and tents, and it's totally insane. So they've got all kinds of different policies. Like you take Cape Town uh, City website says, as a caring city, uh, we have made all kinds of provisions. We're trying to arrange short-term job opportunities and provide access to shelters and social services. Uh, got some safe spaces, and actually talking about these uh, service um, um, meals where they provide uh, free food uh, to those who need hot meals and so on. But that's 
encouraging more people to be living on the streets. It's not actually a long-term solution. And so you've got illegal occupations of public land in the central business district on Botancroft Street, FW de Cloak Boulevard, the four a four-gate structure, the Helen Susan Boulevard, Strand Street, Virginia Avenue, Mill Street Bridge. The castle of Cape Hope is is inundated with it and all kinds of other places under bridges and the foreshore. And uh, right now uh, we have a situation that's a total crisis because this is a health crisis. This is a crime crisis because crime and vagrancy does go together. But just think of all the hygiene problems you know, think of dysentery and cholera and typhoid and all these things that are multiplying. And unfortunately, prostitution, all sorts of other vices are going along with this. Uh, it's, um, it's a catastrophe. And so the demand for shelters are outstripping the supply. And the city cannot uh, sustain what they have encouraged. And what you're getting now is um, pe- no matter how much you try to help the street people, they're just increasing and more and more are staying and coming more and more Back here, we're getting more people from other areas coming because Cape Town's providing for the street people more and tolerance of uh, the street people, no matter how much uh, they defecate in the streets and litter and pollute and create crime problems and rob from people and uh, leave an absolute mess behind. Uh, And yet we've got some very uh, diligent groups trying to help. Um, There's a strategy of... Uh, different churches trying to help, and there's the home exchange and the carpenter shop, um, homeless uh, groups, my father's house. Uh, there's New Hope SA and Haven Night Shelters all trying to help you turn. They're trying to help, but how does that ultimately help? Uh, because that's all short-term helping people in the mess, not getting them out of it. Yeah, there seems to be a contradiction between the city marketing this marketing Cape Town as a world-class destination for tourists, and yet... Um you know, have a yeah, I can assure you that um, tourists don't want to come along and be harassed by sweet street people swearing at them and urinating and defecating in the streets in front of them and uh, littering the sidewalks and um, harassing people who try to go to a restaurant or something like that. And they won't be returning to Cape Town after having unpleasant experiences like that. Or you go to a premier tourist destination like the castle and you find it surrounded by a squatter camp. Uh, and it's it's revolting, and uh, the smell and the stench in some of these places, and the uh, um, uh, polluting of the moats around the castle, for example. These things are um, definitely turnoffs that are going to chase away tourists and investors. Mm. Um, Dr. Hammond, so what solutions well, could you suggest that will alleviate well, this problem? I think there's a clear solution that can resolve the vagrancy, the illegal squatting, and the related health issues caused by homeless people setting up tents and shacks in public places around Cape Town. We have hundreds of empty barracks with beds and mattresses and ablution blocks and kitchens and military bases throughout the country. Now, these are relics of when we used to have national service. Hundreds of thousands of young men, such as myself, were housed in these barracks during our national service training. There's no foreseeable need or plans to reinstitute national services. Therefore, these facilities are available for another use. Homeless people require housing and employment. They say that's their main needs, housing and employment. Well, the municipality could house the homeless um, littering our streets and our public parks in the empty barracks, such as at Wingfield in Goodwood and Youngsfield in Clemson, and provide employment by organising these homeless people into work groups to clean up the litter and debris caused by their squatter camps 
and to plant indigenous trees uh, where there's been massive deforestation, which is throughout the Cape. We've got groups estimating that we need about 10 million trees planted in the Cape to replace the deforestation that's taken place since 94. And of course, there's also been a lot of fires and arson that's destroyed many of our forests around the Cape. So just planting trees and removing debris and pollution and litter would keep work parties busy for quite a while. Then there's repairing that needs to be done roads. How many roads need repair? And then we've got rock slides that have closed mountain passes, all leading labour. And the rock slides have been caused by deforestation where uh, the Ministry of Deforestation took down trees because they said they were alien trees. And next thing you know, who would have guessed that the trees' roots were holding the mountainside together? Now there's going to be rock slides when there's heavy rain like now, which is blocking mountain passes and even uh, the, uh, the uh, Huguenot Tunnel. This needs labour. So we can provide adequate accommodations and employment opportunities. Um, any city council can improve our infrastructure and reforest the country by um, housing the homeless in uh, these empty army barracks and providing them with food and clothing uh, because part of the payment the city council can offer remuneration for these work groups would be housing and accommodation and food. Now, companies in Cape Town would probably also be happy to donate food, bedding and clothing for such a practical venture to resolve our squatting illegal occupation of public place in the Cape and to see a reforesting of the Cape and a cleaning up of the Cape. We shouldn't have any litter in the city. There's a lot of practical things you could do. Even now, if you gave homeless people an incentive, you bring so many ba you know, bags of, of litter, we will reward you with X amounts or um, recyclable things like tins or pl plastic or glass. So if one had a proper recycling thing put in this, you could give incentives to homeless people to help with cleaning. But if you work them into, into work groups where they get cooked meals at these army barracks, uh, they get nice bedding, warm showers, decent housing out of the cold, roof over the head. I mean, I've lived in these barracks. It's not luxury, but it's, it's doable. It's a lot better than what they're in right now. And um, you could remove the problem of the eyesore hygiene problems, crime problem of the um, homelessness, and channel them in a constructive employment that would improve the whole of the Cape. We could very quickly clean up the Cape and reforest the Cape if we used these um, unemployed people with giving them some skills and, and proper projects. And the city council would be spending a lot less. They don't need to build any shelters. They're already there. We've got these national service barracks sitting in empty barrack bases like Wingfield, uh, you can pass them when you go in Goodwood uh, or at uh, Youngfields. I mean, those are just immediate solution. I think we can rebuild the Cape into a very attractive place by just mobilizing uh, the homeless in work parties and providing them with free accommodation in the barracks. Yeah, and it was interesting during lockdown, the city managed to round up the homeless quite rapidly. Yes, one wonders what happened to all that and why they all decided to return to the street. The, the homeless problem was almost solved for a moment under the lockdown. and uh, But they didn't use them properly. They need to give them jobs. And I can see work that needs to be done everywhere. Every one of our roads, uh, ways is just with litter on the side and there's pollution and there's uh, deforestation. There's so much that can be cleaned up and sorted out with just some organized work parties. And I think they could be either mobilized, I don't know if the Ministry of... Uh, of national parks should be involved or public works 
uh, roads department um, or whether they want to get the military involved in directing these people and work parties. But there's got to be a solution. We've got empty buildings waiting, which have got good ablution facilities, good kitchens, uh, which were provided for national service, which could accommodate hundreds of thousands of men around the country, tens of thousands just in Cape Town. We should be able to solve the homeless problem with a bit of determination and vision from city council and ratepayers should be insisting on it. This is a humane solution. This is a practical solution. It's a workable solution. Mm, thank you, Dr. Hammond, for your insights and constructive criticism on this uh, very sensitive topic about homelessness. Um, in closing, let's read from James 4, uh, verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows how to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Please join us next week at the same time, 104 FM on Radio Tigerberg, for the next program of Salt and Light. God bless and good night.